Thank you for listening to Bakersfield Observe, the podcast with Richard Bean. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Centric Healthcare and Premier Lighting. Welcome to Bakersfield Observed with Richard Bean, a podcast for and about Bakersfield and Kern County. Richard's guests are newsmakers, influencers, and personalities who address topics of interest to you and your neighbors and your community. The discussion is fast, informative, and always civil. Now, here's your host, Richard Bean. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of the new Bakersfield Observed podcast. We record it right here at the American General Media offices off California Avenue and Highway 99. The podcast, this podcast airs weekly, and it complements the work of my Bakersfield Observed blog. Blog. You can access the podcast via Spotify or wherever you access your podcast. You can also get it on curtainradio.com. The idea has been simple. We simply want to provide a forum for the Bakersfield community to gather to discuss the issues that confront us all. And today we're going to be talking about the story of the week, or maybe some might call it the story of the month or the story of the year, and that is Governor Gavin Newsom fighting off the recall election and winning quite handily. Our guest today is Mr. Christian Romo. He is the chairman of the Kern County Democratic Party. And at the tender age of 25, the youngest Democratic chairman in the history of California politics. Is that correct? Yeah, in the, in the, in the history of the Senate, of the Democratic state. Democratic yeah. side. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very yeah. good. Let's have some background on you first, Christian. You were Raised in Bakersfield. That, Born and that's raised right. on the east side. Yep. Okay. You're, you're an east sider. You're a gradu- graduate of Golden Valley High School and later CSUB. Yeah. And Taft College. And Taft College. And Taft College. Very yeah. good. I missed that. Okay. You've been active in politics forever since you were the age of 15. You're an active member of the community, both in Democratic and nonpartisan initiatives. This is where it gets. I'm wondering if there's anybody on the Democratic side you have not worked for. You have worked for the election of Rudy Salas, Leticia Perez, your current boss and a friend of this program, Councilman Willie Rivera, a neighbor of mine, actually, Andre Gonzalez, a friend of this show. Uh, Your political tenure also includes positions with the California State Assembly, serving as field director for both Emilio Huerta for Congress and Grace Vallejo for supervisor campaigns, and most currently you serve as field representative for the only Democrat on the Kern County Board of Elections, Madam Chair Leticia Perez. Welcome, Christian Romo. Great to be here. 25 years old. That's a lot of work for (laughs) 25. Well, I started early. We, at 15. 15. Well, let's, let, let's, and by the way, I'm here with, with your friend, our mutual friend, Mr. J.R. Flores. And you guys go back, right, J.R.? Uh, we do. We do, yeah. We, we took a uh, current leaders academy under the uh, leadership of Michael Turnipseed and the Kern Taxpayers Association. Excellent. Yeah. And you were, you were in the same class there. We were. Same class. Yeah. Very good. Some interesting conversations. I was going to say, very <laughs> interesting. Well, I can imagine. Uh, in class conversations and out of class conversations. Oh, that mostly on. out of class. Yeah. I'd rather hear the out of class conversations. Yeah. Yeah. They were yeah. good. Yeah, I bet. There was a third party involved, we won't say. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Very good. Christian, welcome. You know. Yeah, thank uh, you. Talk to me a little bit about yourself. I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. Okay. Isn't that the whole point of this? No, wait, 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 here's here's a question. And 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 I've, I I 
I'm watching this HBO series called Scenes from a Marriage. Have you seen it? I have not. You know, it's it's pretty raw. Anyway, there's a there's a couple in therapy, and the therapist looks at the man, and she goes, "This is my question for you: How do you define yourself?" And he went, "What the hell do you mean?" <laughs> well, I mean, you're 25 years old. You've done a lot. You 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 put in a lot of living in 10 years on the political side, on the public servant side. How do you def- do you define yourself? Uh, six one, good looking. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good answer for all the ladies That's listening good. right there now. There you go. Uh, and single. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I've seen some of the ladies he hangs out with, Richard. Yeah. All right, really? Jr. I don't know Is he swiping right or left? Follow yeah. him on social media. Uh, okay. no. All right, Jr. People are listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, hard work, hard worker. Uh, you know, I come from a family of immigrants. Uh, we had to do hard work to get where we're at here. Uh, my my father actually crossed the border illegally. I'm not ashamed to say that. Where, Me- Mexico? From Mexico, yeah. Where in Mexico? He's from Zacatecas. So it's, it's Zacatecas. Very, it's, yeah. it's like Kern County, actually. It's very country, mm. very, mm-hmm. you know, ranchero type. Uh, you know, he came over here when he was young and just worked hard, worked in the fields, worked his way up to be a welder, and now is a welder in the oil fields, okay. or what's left of the oil fields. Yeah, right. Uh, and, you know, that that's what kind of what defines me. And I, I would, that's a good question because it's, it's hard work. And, uh, it's a quote that Supervisor Perez, my mentor, has said all along since I started with her, uh, that hard work wins every time. Right. And in that 10-year span, that doesn't even feel like 10 years, uh, you know, hard work has won every time. Yeah, I, I read that, that uh, Leticia told you that, and that's, that's yeah. good advice. What, you, when, your mom, is she, is she from Mexico? No, she's born and raised uh, in the part of Mexico that's Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> that part. Northern Mexico. Right. Yeah, but uh, you know, she's, she's born and raised here, um, and most of my mother's family is from uh, the United States. My dad's side of the family is from, from Mexico. Okay. Do you have relatives in Zacatecas, or do you go back? You know, or? I still have a few left. Uh, okay. Most of my dad's family came over here. Now they're scattered across the United States, I mean, as far as Wisconsin and, and you know, mm-hmm. New Mexico and all, all throughout the United States. But right. most of us are here now. You're 25 years old. Talk to me about your evolution on the political side, how your thinking evolved and it had to start so early. And where did those influences come from? Are your parents political? They are. Not, you know, everyone asks that. Are your parents are in, in the political scene? No, not at all. We actually didn't grow up talking about politics. Uh, oh. I think I was just a weird political nerd. Uh, upset with excuse George. me siblings i have one sibling a brother older uh, younger younger i'm the oldest okay uh, he just uh got out of the navy oh, actually a couple of weeks ago yeah, yeah so he's officially a veteran i guess uh-huh. uh and he's 21 and a veteran so that's i well, guess well, we just well, do it all fast in our family right <laughs> you do well, what what steered you toward uh Politics. I mean, if you didn't, if 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 it didn't come from the family, it it, it had to come from somewhere. Well, and I was going to say, both my parents vote all the time. I mean, okay. they they never talked about how they voted. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't even remember them saying, "Oh, we voted for so and so." It was just they voted every time. I saw that, and I think that's really important now that we teach our kids that is vote every single time. Mm-hmm. We don't have to talk about who we voted for. You know, we could all get along anyways. But mm-hmm. that you know, vote, and that's important. Um, and, and I think coming from an immigrant family, we appreciate that. You know, my dad didn't have that kind of opportunities in Mexico. They didn't trust mm-hmm. the government in Mexico. Uh, here, they, you know, they, they do. And they, they know that, you know, uh, your vote matters here and it's not going to be corrupt. Uh, but, you know, around the age of middle school age, uh, coming up in the Obama age, you know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get to vote for him. I was too young. <laughs> but too, too young for to vote for Obama, yes. This is another first <laughs> on the program, Jr. <laughs> God, why do I feel like Larry King? Who, who was the who's first, not even alive? Who was by the, the first way? president you did vote for? I voted for Hillary Clinton. Actually, that was the first president. 
<laughs> Never became president. Were you asking him or me? Oh, well, okay. George Washington. <laughs> Millard Fillmore. Yeah. You know. No, was, so how did it evolve? I mean, yes. Yeah, so did, so your, your, your parents were active. They were active in the process. They were pr- proud immigrant. And you, you've mentioned that twice now. You, does that define you, too, being the son of immigrants? It is. And, I, and I'm proud of it. You, yeah. know, you know, to come from ancestry that, you know, worked hard uh, to get me where I'm at. I'm standing on the shoulders of so many immigrants and so many people before me that allow me to be the chair of the Democratic Party at 25. Mm -hmm. I mean, only in America could the son of an immigrant from Mexico uh, have, you know, be sitting in this seat where I talk to the governor at least once every other couple months. Isn't that amazing? Uh, You know, I work for a supervisor. I, you know, worked for the state assembly. I've, I've, you know, met the vice president and uh, have many times actually, and I've met the president. Mm -hmm. Um, And only in America could that happen. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's hard work. What that, was that the, what, what was the who, who who was patient zero for you? Who was the first elected official that you got involved with? You thought either as a volunteer or whatever. You thought this is this is you said this is for me. You know, oddly enough, I tell uh, Supervisor Perez Leticia this story all the time, especially when I first started working for her. It was me and my grandma cruising to the east side one day just up to no good we always were <laughs> and we we drive by jefferson park and we see a huge crowd probably 100 200 people and like typical east siders were like oh they're giving away something for free we got to pull over <laughs> <laughs> and we pull over and it's actually leticia prez's announcement really for this yeah, for the supervisor did you know her i had no idea who she was did you, you didn't know who she was didn't know who she was you see this happening I, and you pull over you're with your grandma i'm with my grandma okay. we see this happening we said well what is this we see this and they're clearly not giving out anything for free right and we're like who's this lady right. uh and so we just drive off and but i do remember that i remember her speaking Interesting. uh and, and just making that announcement seeing you know, was there anything people. she said that you remember you know i i wasn't really paying attention to be honest okay. with you Right. Uh, you know, just again, politics is not at the forefront of my mind. We're right. you know just living every and day. What was the next thing that happened that led you? Yeah. So so fast forward. That was I don't know middle school, elementary school years. Oh, fast boy. forward to high school. I'm a sophomore at Golden Valley. I go to a park cleanup because we got to do community service. Uh, yeah, uh, and and the good kind. My parents didn't believe <laughs> me. They're like, you're doing community service because you got in trouble. You weren't in an orange vest along <laughs> no, the freeway. No, no. <laughs> That's where my daughter was after her DUI, but that's another story. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm doing that, and you know, it's with a community group called Building Healthy Communities. Okay. Uh, then we just start talking about just issues in the neighborhood, and we I say, well, we could do something about that, and they said, well, how? And I said, I don't know, but we could do something. Yeah. You know, we have to try, right. and you know, we gathered signatures to to ban alcohol and tobacco from parks. Went to the board of supervisors, and lo and behold, guess who's the chair? Leticia Perez. Really? So okay. we, we gathered signatures to pass, surprisingly, in Kern County, there was no ordinance to ban alcohol and tobacco from parks. Okay. And so we go forward to, to try to pass this ordinance, which we thought was you know landslide, but I guess there was some controversy against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kern County likes to drink, apparently, mm-hmm. and in parks. Uh, so I go <laughs> forward, and I, again, don't know who even, who's on the Board of Supervisors. I don't even know who these people are. And I recognize her. And I said, oh, that's the woman I saw at Jefferson Park oh, wow. all those years ago. And so we lobbied her. She helped us get it passed, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest is history, I When guess. you first met her, did you, did you say, you know, many years ago I was there at Jefferson Park? Or- no, no, no. Actually, I did not tell her that story until her swearing in this 
it would be the second time. Really? Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. yeah. I just kept it. I just kept it to myself. I, you know, didn't want her to feel old either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I said, I'm in elementary school and I'm going to your and, announcement. And you, you said your parents were, your father was originally from Zacatecas. He's mm-hmm. a welder, you know, works in the oil fields. We're going to talk about that in a second. And your, uh, and your mom was from LA. Uh, did they were voters, but did they ever talk politics, party politics, democratic, uh, where I'm getting is uh, what led you to the democratic side? You know, you live in a very, very <laughs> conservative place. Very, very that frowns on this kind of association with Democrats. I know Democrats are the devil, right? Right. <laughs> no, you know, they're, they're typical Americans. They complain taxes are too high. The economy's crashing. And, and actually it was right around the time the economy did crash that, you know, I started paying attention to the news. And that was the other thing. The news was always on in our house. Mm. We didn't, I guess, give commentary about it, but we, the news was always on. Mm-hmm. We would listen every day, uh, the five o'clock news, six o'clock news. Um, and I think growing up in a household where I was kind of always aware of my surroundings and, uh, you know, what, how the world is, is working, mm-hmm. um, coming about in the age of Obama coming to the presidency, mm-hmm. uh, really inspired me. And it was, it was inspiring to see, you know, the first African-American president. And so I, I got involved in, in, uh, my school politics actually. And I ran for office and in, in my middle school in sixth grade. Uh, so really, and every year okay. since that until high school. So you were really a child and a product of the Obama political era. Yeah, like I actually give him credit. Yeah, okay. And 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 my grandma always had a picture of Jesus, JFK, and Obama. <laughs> we're Come good Catholic. on, we're good Catholics. Seriously? Yeah. And actually, when Obama won, we I stayed home from school. The Pope wasn't in there. No, not the Pope. Okay. <laughs> we had JFK. All right. <laughs> so I stayed home from school. And uh, she bought us some Obama T-shirts, and we we got to watch the whole inauguration. So it, it was something we did together. How cool! Yeah, how cool. All right. Now, and uh, you're you're a young guy. You're 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 educated. You're a Democrat. You know. <laughs> you know that. You, you know where, where you live. What what kind of resistance have you gotten to that? Oh, a lot. I mean, I've been called multiple names, gotten yelled at. But I think once we start talking to each other, once I've talk to people and say, this is my background. I mean, this is how I grew up. This is what influenced my life. Right. Let me hear your story. Right. And then they tell me their story. And I said, well, look, we're not so much different. Yeah. And it, it, let's go back into the self-definition. On on the political scale, one to 10 as a Democrat, five being kind of in the middle, you know, uh, one being more conservative, 10 being more liberal. Where are you? I'll tell you a story. Mm-hmm. And maybe this will help okay. explain it. So I am 18 just freshly registered to vote, you know, I'm a proud Democrat, I knew that. Mm -hmm. And I go to my first Democratic convention in LA. And I walk in thinking at the time, I'm like Bernie Sanders, like Mm -hmm. super progressive. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tear the entire state down, tear the entire country down, we the progressive got this. Mm -hmm. I walk in, I look around and I said, oh, shoot, I might be a Republican. (laughs) Why? Yeah, and and it's Kern County. I I mean, the Kern County in me was showing. Yeah. And, you know, people were looking down on us because I said, oh, I'm from Kern County. They said, oh, well, there's no Democrats there. Uh, I said, well, I'm, I'm here. I'm at the Democratic Convention. I'm a Democrat. And I said, oh, you know, but you guys don't count. You guys are different Democrats. Uh, so I would say, you know, I, I'm not, you know, extreme left, definitely not extreme right. Uh, I, I'm, I would consider myself moderate, but, you know, um, pretty, pretty far left of moderate. Okay. Yeah, right. but not extreme left. It, it, that's interesting because... Uh, 
when I talk to Leticia, mm-hmm. I hear a lot of Kern County in her here. Mm-hmm. I I hear I hear a a a proud progressive Democrat, but on many issues, you know, uh, 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 bread and butter issues, uh, fossil fuels. She has a much softer approach than maybe you'd hear out out out, out of Sacramento. Let's get to your dad. Your dad works. In, in the oil industry. In, in the oil industry. He's a welder. I mean, you represent a party that wants to get rid of fossil fuels and do it in an expedited manner. Yeah. You know, a position that could put your dad out of work. It has uh, many times. Okay. How, how, do you, how do you justify that? Well, okay. you know, I think as Democrats, we all want to have environmental justice. I think, I mean, I grew up with, we got letters in the mail from school that said our water is polluted and... They said, as long as you don't drink it for that many years, you'll be fine. Well, <laughs> I live there, so every day. Uh, you know, it, it it was difficult because, yes, of course we want environmental justice. We want we know climate change is real. We need to combat this uh, as a nation, uh, not just as the state of California, but as a nation and as the world. This is all of our problem. Uh, but, you know, growing up in the household that I did, the only reason we went from, you know, lower middle class, maybe even poverty level, to middle class is the oil fields. I mean, my mm-hmm. dad worked in the fields. You think I would ever go to college if, if we, he stayed in that job? Right, no. Right. We, we could never afford to give us the life we have now. Right. Uh, and it was only because of the oil fields uh, that that happened. Um, you know, formerly incarcerated people. That's many times the only option they mm-hmm. have for work. As, as long as you want to work hard and you don't mind working outside, mm-hmm. which I mind, that's why I <laughs> chose the path that I did. Right. As long as you're willing to work hard, you could make a good, decent living. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think in Kern County, we have some of the strictest environmental laws that protect us. Um, you know, they could be better, of course, they mm-hmm. can. They, they could always do better. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate that some people across the state don't understand what predicament we are in in Kern County. Maybe it was ourselves that put us in that predicament that we, we said all we're all in in oil yeah. and nothing else. And I understand that, but they have to realize that unions, the backbone of the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. they support the oil industry here. Right. Uh, many of our members are in the oil industry or have family members in the oil mm-hmm. industry. Being from Kern County, you know someone who's in the oil industry uh, or associated with the oil industry. And so it's it's very difficult to say, okay, well, let's do away with that industry tomorrow when, you know, so many people like my father will be put out of jobs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If, if, if you, if, if you were talking to governor Newsom and he gives you a few minutes to, to, to lay out your case for the pace of getting off fossil fuels, a lot of us, I, I'm one of those, I don't have a problem in theory mm-hmm. of getting off fossil fuels. I think it's going to happen. It's inevitable. It's just a matter of what are your expectations on how soon it could be done, and how how do you what does that bridge look like? What would you what would your message to the governor be? Uh, well, I've, I've said, we've said this many times, uh, Supervisor Perez and I, and lots of people in the party, that as long as we are still using oil, which California uses the has the most amount of cars on the road in the entire nation, so we love our cars here, mm-hmm. and they're all powered by gasoline, powered by oil, um, plastic products. Oil is still going to be around for a long time. Until that transition happens, until that flip of the switch happens, mm-hmm. uh, I think all oil should come from Kern County, the cleanest, uh, the most regulated uh, county and, and process in, in the nation, probably. Uh, I, I truly believe that. And, you know, the conversations we've had as well, we need to transition faster. And I get that. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, you've said it. Mm-hmm. I think the market is moving that way naturally. 
Uh, and, you know, the, the new laws that have been passed that every vehicle has to be an electric vehicle in the next few years. Um, I, I get that. And I'm happy for that. I, mm-hmm. I think that's where we need to be yeah. in order to combat this this growing crisis of climate change. I mean, we see wildfire season the whole year now mm-hmm. in California, these extreme hurricanes in the south. I mean, th- there's clearly something going on with our mm-hmm. planet. Uh, and I agree we need to do something about it now. Does that mean it's going to happen overnight? No, of course not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could you know, do the rain dance and do everything I need to do. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And so as, as long as oil is being needed in the, in the in, you know, in just the consumer market, it should come from Griani. And and why doesn't that resonate with the Democratic Party in California? Uh, we're stubborn, <laughs> very stubborn. Mm-hmm. We have lots of difference of, of opinions. Um, you know, we like to let everyone think freely and, and have different morals. I think it's more Bay Area politics and, and Southern California mm-hmm. politics. They don't they have not grown up the way we've grown up where that's part of the culture. Yeah. That's part of the workforce. And that's part of uh, just tax revenue, charitable donations that, you know, they just have always been around for yeah. now a century. Um, it, it's different. So they, they just want to see some kind of difference being made or some kind of progress being made for to combat climate change. And it's not the right policies. And that's why I tell all my colleagues all over the state, come to Kern County, mm-hmm. stay here for a week. Check it out. See what we've done. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure it will change your mind. Excellent. Uh, talk to me about the, the recall election. We just came through this. The state, the last numbers I saw was uh, right around 64%, 63.9% or something of the voters re- rejected the recall. It uh, flipped that in Kern County where I think I think the yes on recall were right around uh, 58%. Yeah, and right that, about that. that that's, all, that, that's all changing. Uh, I can by by way of background. In a, in many years ago, I worked for the L.A. Times. It started off in Orange County, and back then, Orange County was a deep red county, the home of Dana Rohrabacher and, yeah. and other very very conservative uh, congressmen. It flipped blue, and 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 has flipped blue, and it seems to be a permanent thing. I'm astonished by that. I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, is are Kern County's days numbered? Are we or are we just going to be an outlier? Because as an outlier, as you know, you know more than most people that when you have a supermajority, as the Democrats do, you don't need to listen to Shannon Grove or any anybody. I mean, you can you can yeah, that's right. They can scream all they want, and you go, you can vote whatever you want to do, it's not going to matter, yeah. you know. I think they have, uh, what, nine Senate seats, Republicans yeah, in the Senate? I right, mean, that's the caucus. So Their caucus is a group chat. It, exactly. <laughs> it's a van, you know. Like a carpool together. It's yeah. a suburban. Yeah. Wait, tell me about, where, number one, were you surprised by the recall, if anything surprised you? And then let, let, let's let's take it down locally, what you see in that. Yeah, I don't think anyone was surprised. Uh, it, I think it's a shame that we had to do a recall, so close to, uh, I mean, the next election is going to be in January, or yeah. sorry, in June, uh, just a few months away. We've spent $250 million so far. I think it's going to be upwards of $300 million that we've spent that could have gone to homelessness, to could have gone to uh, rental assistance. I mean, so many other things that this could have gone to. Uh, people argue, well, that's just a drop in the bucket of the, of the budget. It's still a hard-earned taxpayer dollars. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would never want to waste that. Nonetheless, we're at this point. Uh, Governor Newsom uh, is the winner. Um, and I think the 60-40 split is typically what we see in, in uh, Kern County. Uh, the fact that we're at 58%, I, I mean, that could change any day now because we're still counting ballots. 
to your point, Orange County, I think, is now solidly blue. It's still going to be a, a, a pretty big battleground that mm-hmm. I think the party's going to focus on for a while, but it's going to be solidly blue for a while, uh, especially after the 2018 election, which was the huge blue wave. That's when yeah. we saw T.J. Cox come on. Right. The entire congressional, uh, you know, delegation from Orange County mm-hmm. went blue. Yeah. Uh, you know, San Diego is now entirely Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these uh, swing counties, I guess you could call them, have now turned blue. And it's just little Kern County on, on the map with the biggest population of, of Republican voters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what does that mean for us? Well, it's not that good. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest to you. Uh, because, because even the Democrats here, you know, we go up there and say, okay, look, we need all these resources because Kern County is ground zero for everything that, you know, is, is harming America and the mm-hmm. crisis uh, that, are, that are affecting California and America. And they say, well, Why? The population center is not there, which is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the votes are not there, which is true. Uh, we're going to need some bigger leverage. But what I think now is going to be our message for not just Democrats, but Republicans even, is why did this recall even happen? Mm-hmm. There's only been two in our history. Mm-hmm. The fact that this recall happened showed that there is a lot of people that are not big fans of Gavin Newsom. Mm-hmm. Now, they're going to argue, okay, well, the threshold is too low. Uh, yeah. You know, we need to change that. And, and, and that's a discussion we could have if, mm-hmm. you know, if, if we if we want to. And it seems like we are going to have that discussion. But the fact that a lot of people did not like the way that Gavin Newsom was, uh, you know, operating the state shows that he needs to be listening to constituents up and down the state both on the Republican side and the Democratic side and the Democrats from the Central Valley. What is your impression of the governor? Does he, is, does he listen? Does he hear this? Does he know this? I would hope so. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've conveyed the message. We've said, you know, we need help in Kern County. Um, the, the, I, I, in my opinion, uh, to whatever it's worth, uh, you know, the Democratic Party is growing in Kern County. We're, we're surrounded now. Uh, the county is, um, and and you know, there's more people moving from LA, more people moving from the Bay Area, and naturally there'll be more progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, you know, eventually we'll probably get to that day. I hope that it's within my lifetime that the Democratic Party is a real threat in Kern County. Um, and you know, he he seems to understand it, but I mean, yeah, his his yeah. policies don't really reflect that. Yeah, let let, let, let me follow that thread on Kern County uh, growing bluer or mm-hmm. or. Uh, losing some of its redness, uh, I, I guess. What are the factors in that? You, mo- you, you mentioned people move, move, moving in from outside the area. How quickly do you think that'll happen? Leticia and I talk about this a lot because you see it. You, you see it happening. And I look at this, and I've seen, a, again, coming from Orange County, I'm like, you, you see how these things happen. They don't happen overnight, mm-hmm. but sometimes they happen quicker than you think. Yeah. What do well, you think? well, I think with the with the last blue wave uh, and probably the election that's coming up, uh, people are now saying, "Oh, okay. Well, Democrats are coming into control in the state. Clearly, we, we solidified the state of California, but now even nationwide, people are realizing, oh, okay, maybe Democrats. That's the way to go. They're in power. Maybe we should, you know, start working with them instead of the the Tea Party Trumpers type of Republicans. Mm-hmm. So we're really, you know, hoping that some of those more moderate Republicans or even the independents start voting uh, with Democrats. Uh, now, like I said, uh, people moving from L.A., people moving from San Francisco, the coast, they tend to lean a little bit more liberal. Uh, mm-hmm. And now they live in Kern County um, and hopefully they stay. It's a great place to live. Uh, but they're going to their politics are going to show that and they're going to start yeah. voting for more Democratic elected officials. Now, I think we've had a problem here where all our good people leave. You know, anyone mm-hmm. that's educated, anyone that wants to make money, right. uh, want have a good job, live a good life, they leave. And that, that's been a problem in the Democratic Party, and I'm sure in the Republican Party, too. We never had a slate of people, a good round of candidates to run. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, been some crazy sometimes. 
I'm not going to mention any names, uh, but both sides <laughs> have had some crazies. Stop laughing in there, JR. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, now I think we're at a point where Bakersfield is, a, is one of the most popular cities in the, in the state. Uh, it's a good place to live. Millennials are moving here because it's cheap. People could afford to live here. And so naturally, we're going to have a better uh, pool of people that could run. Mm-hmm. And I think we're at that point now. And then the Democrats are going to have some really good candidates this next go, next go around. Right. It's certainly, other than uh, outside of his personality, Gavin Newsom being Gavin Newsom and going to the French Laundry or, or those kind of things, there are a lot of issues facing the state. I want to read lot. you. I don't know if you read this. A news analysis in the journal in the journal this morning. Uh, the headline was "Recall Behind Him: Newsom Faces California's Housing Crisis." And the lead is this: I want to know your impression, Christian. The median home price in California has eclipsed eight hundred thousand dollars. Tenants in the state are among the most cost burdened in the country. Each night, more than one hundred thousand residents sleep outside or in their cars. A crisis, a disaster, the religion of sorrow, a disgrace. Whatever journalists and politicians call it, people across the state, including all the major candidates for for governor in the recall vote this week, agree that the situation in California is untenable. I'm looking at that, and here's a governor who just presided over uh, easily pushing back a recall with almost 64% yeah. of the vote. And I look at these problems and I go, to me there's a disconnect because either we believe that the governor's not responsible or, or, or is the titular head of the state should be responsible. How do you justify that? You know, this has been a problem that's been brewing for a while now. I, I mean, right before coronavirus hit, that was the number one issue, homelessness. Mm-hmm. That was the crisis that we are facing. And then I think the pandemic just expedited that. There's put people out of their homes. Now people don't want to leave their homes either. And so they're, you know, they're saying, well, where did we go? There's 1% vacancy in Kern County alone. Um, I, I think this is a crisis the governor's going to have to take head on. Now he has the will of the people to do what he wants. He's, he's proven it. You know, he's 60-40 split. Mm-hmm. He could do what he wants. Um, hopefully he surrounds himself with some uh, you know, good people that know how to tackle this crisis head on. Uh, it's going to take a lot of manpower and a lot of, you know, outside of the box thinking. Um, but you know, it's, it's definitely the next big crisis or it is the the biggest crisis we're facing besides the pandemic right now. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about the pandemic. I, I am amazed at how the level of vitriol in the conversations, I, I, I I can be at my morning pickleball game and people be at each other's throats by six 15. (laughs) I've never seen people so sensitive and feeling particularly about this vaccine and the uh, the misinformation and the reluctance of people and mm-hmm. the the ability to people to, to, to say this is uh, this isn't science this is a political decision have you seen anything like this and where do you and where is this gonna go oh no not at all no one talks about that <laughs> Of course I have. I mean, I I have family members in my own family that, you know, the few little conservatives that we have left in mm-hmm. our family say, well, this is just political. This is, you know, it's not real. I don't trust the vaccine. It's not FDA approved. Okay, well, now it is. Yeah. So w- what's your talking point now? Right. Oh, well, it's too soon. Oh, I mean, seriously, they've, they've been working on this vaccine for decades now. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, they finally mastered it. This is science at its best. Doctors are telling you 
your you know your leaders are telling you every republic every single governor in the united states of america has taken it republican and democrat most of congress most of senate has taken it uh 70% of americans have taken at least one dose mm-hmm. what what's your holdout and it's really unfortunate that it, it you know we love to be americans we love our freedoms we love saying okay i could do what i want but that comes with consequences yeah. and sometimes it's not just consequences that affect you it's consequences that affect everyone mm-hmm. and it's not the same as you know saying okay well that just affects me and if i get sick i get sick that's fine that's your personal choice mm-hmm. now if your personal choice affects me and my family that's when we have a problem yeah right you know and especially when people are around the world are begging for vaccines because they want to be vaccinated against right. us, they trust their doctors, right. they trust the science. Right. And in America, we have people that would throw it out the window. Right. This literal gold, exactly. throw it out the window. It's right. it's it's a slap in the face to well, a lot it, of the countries that are struggling to get the vaccine. Well, as a political operative and now head of the uh, the, the county Democratic Party, how do you how do you tackle that? How do you tackle the misinformation or or without trying to appear doctrinaire or you know the big government party telling people what to do? Well, you know, through our office, through Supervisor Perez's office, we've taken the vaccine to people's doors directly. We've said, okay, they're not coming, whether it's transportation issues, the, the trust issues, whatever it is. We said, okay, well, then we're going to go to your door and we'll explain it to you at the door. We go with nurses. We go with doctors. We have the hall ambulance out there just in case you know, people feel like they're going to have to be rushed to the hospital. Mm-hmm. We said, okay, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about this. Um, and, you know, it, it's had a very, very good response. Um, I we uh, clearly don't ask them if they're Democrat or Republican. I uh, I think we've had both because mm-hmm. one man did have a Trump hat and ended up getting the vaccine really? after we talked to him. Yeah. Okay. And I said Trump got the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? And he said, Well, it's fake news. What what you know whatever excuse they give. And I said, If he could get the vaccine, why can't you? Yeah. If Mike Pence got the vaccine, why mm-hmm. can't you? Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know if Kevin McCarthy's got the vaccine or not. I mm-hmm. think he has. But if they could all get it, why can't you? Right. And that seems to work. I mean, it's it's just clearing up this misinformation that's out there. Right. And it's social media. And that's not where you should be getting your news. Right. You should exactly. be listening to The Richard Bean Show. Yeah, there you go. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, give us, uh, you you had some new news to share with us today, right? I do. On what's some, going on in the local uh, Democratic Party. Talk yeah, so we have some very big news. You're the first to hear of it. Right. Uh, the Democratic Party has an office here in town again. Mm-hmm. It's going to be downtown. We've been without an office for about five years now. Uh, just funding issues, the coronavirus is, you know, right. just a bunch of issues that we've had. Uh, but now we're in a place where we could afford an office. Uh, we have a stronghold, we think, and uh, part of the county. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to go out there and just start start hitting the ground running. And where's the office? So it's going to be on H and 4th Street. I don't have the exact address on Over me, by St. Francis. Over by St. Francis. Okay. Uh, so it's centrally located. Uh, we can go east, west, south, north, wherever we need Excellent. to go from there. Off the freeway. So we're going to be targeting rural communities, urban communities, anywhere we need to go to get those votes. Okay. Talk, talk to me about some of the priorities for, for the party right now. You know? Well, right now, the forefront is pandemic. So we, we make calls all the time, send out postcards that if anyone needs help with rental assistance, utility assistance, um, they've been displaced by the pandemic, um, anything they need, we, we want to make sure that the party is out there to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do food distributions um, all over the place in Delano and in, in Arvin and in, in Lamont and East Bakersfield. Uh, we do them all over the place. So right now it's just, you know, really being neighborly to each other. The, the recall election's over. That was our focus for a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're back to what we were doing before. And that's just, you know, trying to be out there in the community helping people. Right. And that's what we want to convey is that the Democrats are not the devil. <laughs> we're out there to help people. We want to help our neighbors. 
Um, we don't even ask if you're a Democrat or not. You know, we want to make sure that we're out there helping and, and showing people that we are the party of the people. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the uh, some races to watch. Help me here. We got the Valadeo race coming. That's going to be probably the biggest that race. That is a big one. Is that the big? Is that the one? That's that... probably the biggest race because that seat should be ours. It has been ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, T.J. Cox unfortunately did not win this last go around. It was very very close. Will he be back? Um, you know, I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't think so. I, I guess ultimately he has to make that decision. Mm-hmm. But with the lines being redrawn, I, I'm not sure if I see that happening. Um, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see how the lines are redrawn. But that definitely is going to be our biggest our biggest target. Um, now, California is or are we going to lose a seat? We lost a seat. Yeah. So they're okay. redrawing the maps as we speak. OK. And we're, who's going to pay for that? Where is that going to come from? We'll see. I mean, some rumors mm-hmm. say that it's going to come out of L.A., uh, some rumors say that it's going to come out of the Central Valley. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it all depends. It's all, you know, it's it's done independently, but, you know, it, it's, it has to play with um, both population and demographics. And there's a, there's a lot at stake. Right. Uh, but I, I really, in my personal opinion, see it coming out of L.A. They're going to probably take a seat out of there um, and kind of reshift everything further south. So mm-hmm. we would see the 21st probably turn into more, you know, Kern County, Kings County. Uh, mm-hmm. look um and same with the 23rd probably be entirely current county uh we'll have to wait and see i mean it, no one yeah. could really guess yeah because right. it's all done independently but you know we'll right. have to wait and see talk to me about the midterms uh coming up people are expecting uh the republicans to pick up a number of seats possibly even win the house well mm-hmm. kevin mccarthy will have his dream he'll be the speaker of the house <laughs> there you go you know uh is that what you expect uh not at all and it's actually my number one goal to make sure he does not become Speaker of the House. He should not be in the line of uh, secession for the presidency at all. Uh, you know, Why not? Uh, just He just does not make the cut for me. Uh, and Why it's not, not even because he's a Republican. Uh, there's been good Republicans you know, that, that you know, we could work with. Um, but when you've been in office this long, and he was, I mean, at the highlight of his career a few years ago when Trump was in office, mm-hmm. he was Trump's man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't fulfill anything for your district i mean what what is that i mean you can't bring a veterans clinic do you think that was a mistake for him to align himself so closely with the president i truly believe so but i mean he's he knows his base Mm -hmm. and if that base is kern county and it goes 60 40 in the gubernatorial recall election Mm -hmm. i mean maybe he knows what he's doing better than me Mm -hmm. uh you know i certainly don't know that base my base is is democratic politics um, but you know, I think nationwide that's gonna that's gonna hurt him. And I, I think there was an article that came out recently that said someone's writing a book that Trump is is really upset with Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, right. You know, so I, exactly. I mean, right. you you can never know what to expect with Donald Trump. Right. Uh, so he he I I believe he made a mistake aligning himself with 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 the ex president. But you know, we'll so see give if it me pays give off. me a prediction for the the midterms. Then what do you expect? It's gonna be a bloodbath. For the 21st, mm-hmm. I think we already have three Democrats running so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to have to battle it out amongst ourselves to see who comes up on top. It will be a Democrat and a Republican in the primary, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to take that seat back. Okay. And we're going to you know, really, really work hard to to pull that off because that seat should be ours. It's solidly it, Latino. Is that, it, that's that's got to be on the national target list. Right? It is. It's yeah. always really been on the national target yeah. list. I mean, we had uh, then Vice President Biden, now President Biden, come down here. Uh, when Amanda Renteria was running. Um, and I actually worked on her campaign as well. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> every single Democratic wow. candidate. 
so it's always been on the national spotlight because that, you know, if we flip this seat, it, it, it could affect, you know, nationwide politics. Yeah, right. um, all eyes are going to be on the 21st congressional district or whatever it looks like. Yeah. I mean, it might not even be the 21st anymore. It might be right. called something else. Right. But all eyes are going to be on Kern County for that. And then Kevin McCarthy's seat obviously is, is a highlight all the time because lots of people want to take him out. He has, I think, two candidates right now running against him. Um, I'm not sure if any Republicans have come out against the, him. That's not on the the, the hit list, though, it, is it? Because you'd have to spend so much money on a guy. As, you know, even his detractors will say, Kevin's base is strong. Kevin's base is strong, but if you get a candidate good enough to keep him here at home, he can't fundraise money for the Republicans nationwide. Oh, okay. So we'll have to see if we get some really good have candidates Have you been actively there. involved in trying to get David Torres to run? <laughs> I can't uh, confirm nor deny that. Yeah. So that's a yes. <laughs> He'd be a good candidate. So that's I a could yes. say that. Yeah. He'd be a good but candidate. But you've had conversations with him. You're at a party, right? I have conversations with a lot of people. Well, I know. But you I mean, but you're saying you've never had a conversation that said, hey, man, I think you should run. I've said he should run. I okay. didn't say what office. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, I saw that man last night, and he's he's charismatic. He knows yeah. his people. He's bilingual. He's very he's well a known. Veteran. He's a veteran. I mean, great, great candidate. Yeah, attorney. We'll, yeah, yeah. He, right. he doesn't seem interested right now. Uh, that could change. Okay. Again, the lines are going to be redrawn, so it might be in his favor. We'll we'll have to wait and see. But I I know for sure we're going to have a good candidate to run against Kevin McCarthy. Okay, great. Christian Romo, it's been great having you here. You are know, we up already? Twenty five. Yeah, we're done. You know, you have anything you want to add? That's it. I mean, I right. thought we were going to go another hour. <laughs> Christian a good time here. Romo. Perfect. Okay, you pick this up. Christian, thank you so much. Thank Christian, you. We'll be talking to you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you for listening to Bakersfield Observe, the podcast with Richard Bean. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Centric Healthcare and Premier Lighting.